Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 329. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. And welcome to the MCAT podcast brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. I hope you are having a wonderful week. We are back at it after missing a week uh, post MappedCon, also presented by Blueprint MCAT. It was a wonderful, wonderful conference with amazing people, amazing guests, amazing speakers, um, amazing exhibitors. It was so fun. Um, I'm not sure if we're doing it again, but hey, that's that's a whole other conversation uh, for another day. This week, we're jumping into our top five biggest prep mistakes to avoid. This is such a common uh, kind of theme on this episode is really talking about what not to do with prep, right? We we do talk about a lot about what to do, uh, but what not to do is a very common one as well because so many students make these mistakes over and over and over and over and over and over again. So hopefully we can avoid them. So uh, before we jump into uh, our top five mistakes, don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com for all of their amazing free resources, including a half-length diagnostic, a free full-length exam, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Go check it out at blueprintmcat.com. Let's go and jump in and start learning about some mistakes to avoid. Nicole, welcome back to the EBCAT podcast. We have a recording extravaganza today. (laughs) I can't even say that word. Uh, I'm excited to have you back on uh, for a a fun episode today. How are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. This this is going to be a high yield one to some EBCAT terms here. Yeah. We're going to jump into uh, a lot of people will say in no particular order, but we have a particular order. Particular order. <laughs> uh, we picked, uh, or you picked rather, the the five biggest mistakes that you, as a as an MCAT expert, an MCAT live online instructor for Blueprint MCAT, five top mistakes, starting at number five and going down to number one, the biggest mistake that students are making. So hopefully, this is one of those where, as humans, we tend to learn from our own mistakes and we don't often learn from other people's mistakes but hopefully listening to this episode you will learn from others mistakes from nicole's expertise and you won't make these mistakes right nicole <laughs> hopefully hopefully <laughs> we will talk about learning from your own mistakes hint, okay. hint. that is also nice. on our list nice. very important as well <laughs> all right well let's let's get into it so uh drum roll pre please uh the fifth biggest mistake that you see as a MCAT instructor? 
I would say the fifth biggest mistake that I see um, has to do with how students approach content um, and specifically spaced repetition. So if you all don't know, um, spaced repetition is a tool um, that is really helpful for learning. It is a form of active learning, um, essentially where when you're trying to learn a piece of information, you should review that piece of information multiple times over time. Um, and there's sort of an optimal spacing for how frequently you see that information. So if you want to learn one fact, right, you might look at it today, then you might look at it another time that day, and then you might look at it the next day, and then you might look at it three days from then, and then five days from then. Um, essentially, the better you learn it, right, the bigger the gaps can be um, between those times when you review. So a lot of students are probably familiar with space repetition for the MCAT. Um, Blueprint has flashcards that have space repetition built in for those, uh, into them. You can access those for free just by making a Blueprint account. Uh, a lot of students also use Anki. Um, I use Anki during my prep and I, I see a lot of students, um, just not, either not using these tools at all, um, or not using them the way they should. No, uh, Dr. Ray, do you see a lot of students, you know, being intimidated by Anki or using it incorrectly? Because it's, uh, it's a, this is a, can be a bit of an intimidating platform to get into. Yeah, so I am by no means an Anki expert. It was not around uh, when I was when I was <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, it was it was not around. It wasn't a, a big thing. Um, I, I think there is a lot of uh, intimidation. It is a platform that you kind of have to learn how to use with with different packs and things that you have to kind of load into <laughs> oh, it. Oh, I had so many packs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know Blueprint has their own spaced re- repetition platform yes. for free by More signing up. more user-friendly. If Anki <laughs> scares you, um, Blueprint flashcards much, much more approachable, much more approachable way to do an automated form of space repetition. I guess I should say you also can do this yourself, Mm -hmm. um, right? Kind of if you're making like physical flashcards, you know, you can make piles, you know, with sticky notes of when you want to review that pile. Um, But I I, I do honestly recommend for my students, like use something that is automated um, just because it's going to save you time and effort. And, you know, people say, you know, in the real world, (laughs) time is money. Um, In the MCAT world, time is points. So yeah. anyway, you can save time as a student and make your study more effective, um, I think is really helpful. Um, but some students either like I said, either aren't using these tools or they do things like you get into Anki. Um, and so, so for those of you who don't know, essentially Anki is a really fancy flashcard app. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm going to call it. You can make your own. You can download decks other people have made for the MCAT. If you Google, there's lots of resources and guides out there. Um But part of how Anki works is it will tell you essentially when to look at when to review cards. Um, And so if you don't keep up with those reviews and you just keep doing new cards into Oblivion, um, I tell my students, you know, you might as well be like doing Quizlet. (laughs) You don't know how to Quizlet. Um, That's a more basic flashcard um, online app or service. Mm. Um, But you want to make sure you're using the space. If you're using a space repetition tool, make sure you're actually doing your reviews on time because otherwise then you're not doing space repetition. You're just doing flashcards. Um, and you're leaving, you're leaving benefits and you're leaving, uh, you know, opportunities to form good, strong memories on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So really at its core, right, this, this mistake is not using effective study tools and habits that we, we know from study research that, Hey, this, this kind of active engagement is, is really good. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of on the same, you know, like I said, within this theme of like not 
um, either not, you know, not using enough active learning, not using enough space repetition techniques or misusing your space repetition tools. Um, students who take a lot of notes, that's something that I, um, a lot of students tend to do off the bat until somebody tells them, wait, no, we don't take notes for the MCAT or we take very minimal notes or we only take notes on conceptual concepts. Concepts. Um, I have a lot of students who are struggling to get through content review. And a lot of times I find out that they have been taking pages and pages of notes on topics. Um, so that's why I said I think these space repetition tools are so powerful because you should, if you can lean into those, then um, you're essentially safe without taking notes because you know that if it's important, it's going to be covered by your blueprint flashcards, right? If it's an important factoid to know, it should be in your flashcards, um, assuming you're not making them yourself, which some students also like to do. So yeah, use space repetition. Make sure you understand the platform you're using. If you're, especially if you're going to be using Anki, don't just don't just start. Make sure you understand a little bit about it, um, and avoid taking notes unless they're big picture conceptual items. Did you use Anki with your prep? I did use Anki. Yeah. Did, did, did you have the 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 remote? I did not have the remote. I didn't get, um, I wasn't quite that hardcore. <laughs> I did, I did a lot of Anki. Um, yeah, I made, I made my own deck, which I have mixed feelings about um, now because I definitely made my, my deck was um, over 3000 flashcards, which was excessive. Yeah. <laughs> if you all are listening, uh, if you are listening and not watching, um, Dr. Gage just made a horrified face. At me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's too many flashcards. So I think, um, you know, is it though? Is it? You, yeah. you scored really well on the MCAT. I didn't need them. I did not need <laughs> all of those flashcards. I could have used my time. Um, I could have used my time a lot better. And I also up with your Anki reviews. So I said, if you're using Anki, you'll get assigned a certain number of cards. Like, hey, these these cards are due for your brain to see them again today. Um, and a lot of time, I had a really hard time keeping up with my reviews just because I was doing an, an obscene amount of flashcards. It was really, it really was too much. I and mean, definitely something, um, I, I don't think I would have made my own deck last time because okay. unless you're an MCAT expert, which nobody is when they're studying for the MCAT, at least at first, um, there's really, there's not a great way to know what, sh what deserves a flashcard. So like I said, in my opinion, let somebody else make that choice for you. Use a pre-made Anki deck. Um, I said, or use the blueprint or use the blueprint flashcards. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's talk about uh, the fourth most common, the fourth biggest mistake that students make when prepping for the MCAT. Yeah. So I think the fourth biggest mistake that students make um, is an unwillingness to change course. Um, and so a lot of students, right, at the start of their MCAT prep, you know, whether you're working, whether you're taking a course, whether you're working with a tutor, whether you're studying alone, whether you pull the study plan off of Reddit, you know, or however you did it. Okay. Yeah. So most students go into their prep right, with some, with this, some sort of idea or plan and your needs are inevitably going to change over the course of your prep. Um, you might find that you need to extend your study plan. You might need to find that you need to move your test date, right? Your scores might not be where you were hoping they would be by a certain point. Um, and when that happens, right, we have to be one, willing to move our test date if we need to. You have to be willing to change the way you study. Um, if you start and you get halfway through a resource, and you realize that that resource is just not working with how you like to learn. Um, I think a lot of students are afraid to drop that resource and try to kind of pick up something new. Now, of course, you know, with that scenario, there might be a lot more nuance and kind of some pros and cons there. 
Um, you know, but for example, I had during my prep, like I was using one resource to study for psych -Soch, And then I realized there was actually another resource that was a lot better suited um, to what I wanted to do. And I ended up doing both of those resources all the way through when I should have stopped the other resource um, in, and switched over. So, you know, don't make sure, you know, you don't fall into the trap of sunk cost fallacy, right? Just because you started doing something or you started reading one textbook or you started using Anki at the start of your, at your prep, um, if something isn't working for you, stop it. <laughs> Find something else. There's so many options out there. There's so many resources. If something is not working for you, being like changing partway through um, is not a sign that you are like making mistakes and things aren't going well. It's a sign that you're being willing to adapt. Yeah, um, which I think is really important. Yeah, I, I want to add on a 4B to this that is tangentially related, right? If something isn't working for you, pivot. Uh, but also relying way too much on those Reddit posts or Student Doctor Network posts that are like, I scored a 528 and only studied for 32 minutes. Uh, here's what I did. And the student's like, oh, I'm going to do that too. And I was like, no, don't do that. Yeah, this is how I, I feel this way, you know, there's, you know, and uh, lot, lots of students who who mean really well and some, you know, people who make great content out there, you know, the the, the personal statement that got me accepted to Harvard Medical School. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you never know if that was what did it yeah. or if that In was spite the worst of, part yeah. of your application. <laughs> I know. So it's really hard because, um, I you know, I, I frankly, I, I know some I know some people who quite frankly, had really, really questionable MCAT study plans. Like I, as someone who's worked with a lot of students, I'm like, wow, that would not have worked for 99% of students. And they're like, oh, I got a 524 doing that. And I'm like, well, maybe, probably, maybe it would have been a 528 <laughs> if we had done some other thing. So you, you have to be really careful because there, there are some people out there that like, you know, either something that works for them, like isn't something that's going to be work, you know, works for the majority of people, or maybe they're just really naturally strong, you know, or have a lot of background in a certain area. So you really have to be careful. Um, you know, if you're trying to devise your own study plan and you're not consulting with anybody else, um, I think this pod, this podcast, of course, is an excellent resource, um, you know, but definitely make sure you don't just pluck what what worked for one person um and just decide to do that make sure you are once again like introspecting and willing to pivot um and also looking at multiple resources getting input from multiple people yeah definitely don't just pluck one study plan off of student doctor network and say oh well this worked for this person this must work for me because i i'm yeah i i unfortunately am on reddit <laughs> i try not to be but i unfortunately am on reddit and I, I do, I see some of these posts, I see some posts from very well-meaning students who are trying to help other people. And I look at some of their advice and I'm like, I, I'm glad that worked for you. I'm not sure that would work for a lot of students. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. The suspense is building. Number three, <laughs> biggest mistake that students are making. Amazing. I think the, uh, we're starting, we're starting to get some of the heavy, heavy, heavy hitters here. Um, this mistake is just ha has to do with full lengths. Um, and a lot of students are either not doing enough full lengths or they are not testing in realistic conditions. When I say realistic conditions, what do I mean? I'll put some quotes, finger quotes around that. Um, because there's no, there's no way to get our MCAT um, testing conditions perfect. Um, but there are students, right, who are taking their tests, right? Some students are taking longer than they should for breaks or they're taking, you know, half of their test in the morning and then taking, you know, like I said, like a two hour break, um, taking half of the test later in the afternoon. 
Um, you know, they might be sitting at their own desk, which I think is okay. Um, but ideally, if you are testing, right, you should be going to a different location. Um, I went to my school's library a lot. If there's like a library or just um, if there's like a really quiet coffee shop, um, you know, that you could go to. Um, bring in your lunch, right? Bring in your snacks. Planning for all of the little things, I think, is really important, um, right? Because you don't want to get too testy and suddenly realize, right, that the sound of other people uh, clicking incessantly with their with their mouse really, really bothers you, and that the fact of you, you know, the noise noise canceling headphones um, hurts your ears, and so you can't wear those, and the clicking is driving you insane. Right? Those are these are not surprises we want to have in test day. So anywhere that you can put yourself, I think, where there's other people quietly working, um, is really great. Making sure if you're Test starts at eight. Yeah, congratulations. Your test starts at eight every single time. Um, you are taking a full length exam. So really like every little detail where you can replicate those conditions. Um, right when people were studying during uh COVID and most places still had uh policies where you have to wear a mask, right? Like wear a mask while you're taking your practice test. Um so so don't let any part of the conditions surprise you. Uh take the test all the way through, uh, take your breaks pack a lunch, drive, you know, if you need to drive to your testing center, drive in a circle around your neighborhood before you take your test, like get that crazy with it because it's going to, it's going to help on test day because it's going to feel familiar. I want when every single test, whenever every single person is sitting down to their MCAT, they should, you should feel like almost, you, well, I wish you would feel cozy. <laughs> like you should feel like, ah, yes, this is just another this Saturday. Is like, yeah. This is what I do now. <laughs> um, like, you want to, you want to have that feeling of this is just what I do now. Um, when you sit down for your real MCAT, um, cause it's just gonna, it's gonna help you. It's gonna help manage anxiety. It's, you know, you don't want unknowns popping up on test day as much as possible. Yeah. What about the the argument there? There are students who will make the argument that I, I don't have time to fit in an eight hour test. I have to work, I have classes, I have this, I have that. And the only time they set aside for that full seven and a half, eight hour test is their actual test date. And they're like, there's, I don't have another option. Yeah, I mean, that that's really difficult. Cause I know, I know there are a lot of students out there, particularly non-traditional students who work full-time jobs, who have family, who have other obligations. I've had, you know, students who, you know, let me know, you know, I had, I told, I, I was testing in my house, you know, and I told my family members not to interrupt me, you know, I took every precaution, um, and I still got interrupted in the middle of my car section, and it totally threw me off, um, right, so I, I have a lot of empathy for those students that really feel like they can't, um, they can't do this, so I, I, for those students, I would invite you to, um, one, consider, right, so if, the, if you're sitting down for your actual MCAT exam, and it's the first test you're taking, um, you are taking a, you are making a humongous gamble. You're making a humongous gamble um, that that score is going to turn out the way you want. So I think from a data perspective, right, expecting to get a goal score without any data, any real data, right? You can't you can't rely on like what percentage correct do I get on this resource? You cannot rely yeah. on that um, because stamina you know, anxiety. These are huge, huge factors that are going to affect like when you're actually testing, um, which is why sitting up for the whole test all at once, every single time at the, you know, and also not putting down like 1.5 times, right? Like unless you have um, testing accommodations that have been approved by the AAMC. Um, like I said, you, you're really gambling. So if you, it, it, it would be, you know, I want to say like, you know, that's your choice. If you want to make that gamble, it's not a good idea. And if there is literally no way 
for you to set aside like a full day where you can take a practice test. I- I'm just concerned about what's going to happen about, well, how are you going to, well, okay, well, how are you going to have enough time to dedicate to applications? Yeah. How, okay, well, well, you know, what's your plan when you go to medical school and you have to go to class? You know, maybe for you, that will actually be less of a time commitment than your, you know, job that you have, you know, you work 70 hours weeks. Um, but the bottom line is, is you have to have an MCAT score to get into medical school. Um, this process is not always friendly, like I said, to people who are non-traditional, who have other commitments, who have families, who have demanding jobs. Um, but the unfortunate answer is at some point, if you if you want to do this, you're going to have to make it work. Um, and so if that means that you need to somehow find some way to carve out ideally eight to 10 practice tests. So ideally eight to 10 days over the course of, let's just call it six months um, to do these exams, you know, plan, plan ahead, right? Make sure that this is not a surprise to you. But in the start of your prep, right? If it's hard to get childcare, if, you know, if, if you know, if the kids need to go to, you know, their aunt's house that lives an hour away, happy sleepover weekend, um, right? Hopefully, you know, you have some of those support networks. Make sure you're planning ahead. Even if you need to plan that practice test date like three months in advance, do it. You got to do it. All right. Number two, biggest <laughs> mistake. Yeah, these are these last two. I I, I think uh, these one and two here. I you know they can they're definitely competing competing for that top spot. So I'll I'll say that these things are really really important. Um, whenever I have a student who reaches out to me, this happens a lot. Um. That they are dealing with a score plateau. They're saying you know, their scores aren't improving. Um, they're feeling behind. They feel like things just aren't, they're just not getting better, right? They're just, they feel stagnant. Um, the first thing, the number one thing that I ask them is what are you doing to review the questions you get wrong? Um, and I will say that for almost I I've really rarely come across a student who's struggling, um, who doesn't have room to improve in how they are reviewing their answers. And so um, at Blueprint, we call essentially the spreadsheet that we make to review our wrong answers. I'll talk about what should be on that spreadsheet in a second. We call it our LLJ, your lessons learned journal. Um, so I tell students, I'm like, send me, like, send me a copy of your LLJ. Like, I will look at it and I will tell you what's wrong. <laughs> um, and if the answer is, uh, I don't have an LLJ to send to you, or uh, it only has 20 entries, boom there's our problem. Um, because now the, the, the lessons learned journal never lies because the lessons learned journal should ideally chronically uh, or chronicle every single question you got wrong or every single question you guessed and got correct. Um, so basically any question you were uncertain, uncertain of in any way, it should say what you got wrong, why you got wrong. And this last part is the most important, how you can do better in the future. Um, and so if you're not really putting in the work to do that reflection, right? You're just going to make the same mistakes over and over again. Like doing practice problems is great. Um, but if you do not review those practice problems, all you're going to do is rehearse the same mistakes for months, um, quite literally. And the longer you rehearse those mistakes, um, the harder it's actually going to be to fix them. So, you know, whatever point you are, if you're prepping right now, um, you know, this is this is your reminder, this is your, your wake up call that you take a take a really, really critical look at how you are reviewing your work. Um, and if the answer is not very much, or I'm reviewing it, but I'm not actually writing down um, my thoughts and writing down what I got wrong and how I can do better, um, start it. Start it today. It is so incredibly important. Yeah. 
Lessons learned journal review, review, review. <laughs> and now, my friends, we are finally here. I wish I had a drum roll sound effect. I only have <laughs> applause. We're finally here. The biggest mistake that you, Nicole, as an MCAT expert, MCAT instructor with Blueprint MCAT, see every single day students making when it comes to their MCAT preparation. Yeah. So it's it's really the opposite side of the coin um, from what we were just talking about with review. And the mistake is not doing enough practice questions and doing too much content. I hope for listeners of this podcast that this is going to be something familiar. Um, but this is, it is so incredibly important. Uh, at Blueprint, we, we do a lot of uh, analysis on our own students in our performance, right? Because we, you know, we, as an instructor, right, I want every, I want every single one of my students to get a 528. Like that is my goal, right? Um, we want our students to do the best we can. So we're very interested in seeing what actually helps students improve their score. Um, and the answer is not content. Reading textbooks, somewhere at Blueprint, we have like interactive video modules. Those do not correlate well with score improvements. The things that correlate with increases in scores um, is how many practice questions you've done, and then right, right in step with that, how many full-length exams um, that you have done before your test day. It is literally like a linear, like the the the, the, it, the line just keeps going up. Um, essentially, that the more questions you do, the better you are going to do. So I think a lot of students lean into content because it feels familiar. Right. Like this is what you spend your undergrad doing. You're essentially we're studying content, right? You were studying content for your classes. Um, well, I, I have another I have a, I have a theory for for why students lean into content because it's safe for their ego. They don't get a score at the end of the content review to say you're nowhere near where you want to be. Yep. Yeah, it's really hard. We really have to set aside our egos as much as we can for the MCAT, um, because not only are you gonna get a ton of questions wrong, you're gonna, that your lessons learned journal is gonna be miles, miles long. Um, you're gonna get so many questions wrong. Like um, Oppenheimer <laughs> IMAX film long. Yeah, literally, yeah. You could, yeah, you could, if you, by the time you take your test day, it should take you all of Oppenheimer to like read through your lessons learned <laughs> journal out loud. That's my goal for you. Um, and it's really hard, right? Because pre-meds like, we're overachievers, right? Like we work so hard for those A's. Like we care so much about our GPA. Like you're, you know, you might be the person, all your friends are, you know, like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. You're going to medical school. Oh my gosh, you're a blank major. That's so crazy, right? Like pre-meds kind of thrive, a lot of pre-meds, right? We, we kind of thrive off this academic validation stuff, you know? And that's, you know, that's kind of just part of our, part of our people. Um, You know, it's very, it's very common. Um, And so you, you have to really change your mindset and you have to really take on the perspective, even though it's really difficult, it's going to feel silly at first to say it, that every mistake you make is an opportunity to learn, right? Because you are never going to figure out how to not make mistakes on test day unless you learn what mistakes you tend to make, right? And you can't learn what mistakes you tend to make, connecting back to review, right? We see why review is so important as well, um, unless you do those practice questions. Um, and we also talked about earlier, right? It's all connected. That the MCAT is a reasoning test, right? Like doing content doesn't practice reasoning. It only practices content, right? You need to practice MCAT reasoning the only way to do that is to do practice questions. Full yeah. stop, no excuses, 
the only way to do well on the MCAT is to do practice questions and to do them regularly and to do a lot of them and to take full length exams and to review your work really, really carefully and meaningfully write out reflections about how you're doing. You're not going to do well on the MCAT if you don't do those things. That's that's I'm going to so far as to say that's that's a fact. That's Period. Just, full stop. <laughs> period full stop unless you are like the 0.001 percent um of pre-meds you need to do those things if you will if your goal is to achieve you know xm literally any mcat score you do those things you need to do them as well as you can and you need to practice you need to practice every single day so even if you even if doing like practice questions makes you like behind for whatever your schedule is on your content review i don't care you better be doing practice every single day um, cause I would rather you do no content review and all practice questions, um, than the other way around 100%. Cause you learn, you learn through content, you learn content through practice as well. All right. So there you have it. Hopefully that was helpful. A little top five countdown for you. I feel like a, a radio DJ, uh, counting down the top five songs of the week or something like that. Uh, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, hopefully you avoid some of these mistakes. And if you do find yourself making some of them, realize that you are not alone. You will be okay. Try to course correct as quickly as possible as you go through this process. Hope you have a great week. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.